but we are continuing to go through um, the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, and I love, I love the speed at which we're taking it. I love the speed at which we're taking it because we don't have to rush through anything. And we really get to look at some scriptures that maybe we, we haven't ever looked at very closely. Uh, or maybe we've looked at and haven't understood really well. Today we're actually going to look at a passage that for me for a long time I was like, what in the world does that mean? And then I know I've heard from several of you this morning, uh, several of you have said, I know what verse we're talking about today, I read it. I'm kind of hoping we get some clarity on that, because uh, I haven't understood it. And I, I, I said, you know what, I'm hoping we get some clarity too, uh, so that hopefully we can kind of come together and, and, and work through that. So today we're actually going to read uh, out of the book of Matthew, obviously, Matthew chapter 6. Uh, so if you can go to Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to start at verse 22. So here's what we're going to do very first. Uh, I'm going to read it in the ESV. Uh, that's the version that I happen. That's the version the church uses. That's the version that I happen to like. Uh, someone reminded me you can't spell saved without ESV. So that's the right. That's the right translation for me. Uh, but I also want to take a look at it in other versions. So does anyone have a, a, diff, a version different than the ESV? What do you have, Miss Shani? New Living. Let's take the New Living and what do you have? NIV. NIV. Great. New Living, NIV. And over here? Okay, that's the NIV. We'll, st- we'll, we'll, we'll keep the NIV. Uh, and Yes, sir, back there? King James. King James. All right. So what, what we're going to do, I just want to listen to it uh, on, the different, um, on the different versions, just so we get a taste of what all the different translations sound like. And then I want to go, so I'll read it first, Miss Shanine, and then we'll go here, and then we'll go all the way to the, uh, the back of the room. All right? So let's, let's hear it in four different versions. Uh, I'm going to write it up here just so we're all on, on the same page. It is Matthew chapter 6. We're going to start at verse 22, and we're going to go through 24. All right? So Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse 22, going through verse 24. Uh, Here's what it says. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. Verse 24, no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Okay, Uh, so particularly verses 22 and 23, um, that's one of those passages that as we read, we just kind of like skim over because I don't get it. I'm not sure. And so what I want to do is I want to focus on that a little bit, kind of unpack it a little bit. But I want you all to look at it first as tables, because here's an important word. Uh, part of what my part of what my view um, so far as teaching the Sunday school classes, it's actually twofold. Yes, to give you great content, to give you great information, to help you unpack, literally, to help you unpack the scriptures uh, in this group setting. I, I love facilitating that kind of discussion. But also, and, and you've seen me, especially when we talked about SOAP and other Bible study methods, one of the things that I hope to do as I teach is to give you the tools 
so that as you are studying on your own, not in a group setting, not in a classroom setting, so hopefully you can, when you're on your own, unpack the scriptures for yourself. Uh, because guess what? It would be nice if everyone could just, like this whole group could meet together every morning and just have coffee and a, a, a brief devotional Bible study, kind of un- unpack something uh, uh, together. But tomorrow morning, you're on your own. And hopefully tomorrow at some point, you're getting into the scriptures. And you don't have to say, hey, I want to get into it, but I don't understand this part. So I'd, I'd rather wait until I get to talk to Dan or I get to talk to Orlando or I get to talk to Howard. Hopefully you get some of the tools to help you unpack that on your own. So as we do that, you know, like I said, we've talked about soap and other methods that, that, that could be used. There's this one word that's really important. And I think it's really important as we unpack verses 20. Context. When I say the word context... Okay, and, and uh, that's absolutely right. It's not about just looking at one verse, because anyone can look at one verse and, and, and form a theology and form an idea and it not be in, in keeping with the context. So when we look at context, it's not just looking at the verse. It really is looking at everything around that verse uh, in in verses before and after, not even just verses, even maybe paragraphs or chapters, and then ultimately the context of the entirety of the Word of God. So there, there's these ever-increasing circles, right? We look at the verse, and then we look at the verses around the verse, and then we look at maybe the paragraph that the verse is in, and then the chapter and the book, and ultimately the context of the entire, uh, of the entire Bible. It's easy to think of it this way. If you, if you speak, how many, how many in here speak Spanish? Okay, a little. Uh, I'm like, I see some people doing un poquito. Great, great, good, good. Actually, for me, actually for me in Spanish, uh, this word makes a lot of sense um, because the word con is the word with, and the word text is the word text, right? <laughs> and so it. What are, what's, what are the other things that are with that text that we're looking at? So here's what I want you to do at your table for just a few moments. I want you to really examine the context of that particular, those two particular verses. So don't, don't, don't just look at verses 22 and 23. Look at some of the things that happened before 22 and 23 and some of the verses after and begin to kind of I want you for just a moment to see, hey, let's understand what the context of the verse is so that we can unpack it. So once you figure out what the context is, I want you then to start to think of what are the lessons that this verse is trying to teach within the context of the subject that it's in. Does that make sense? Everyone say yes or no. Okay, so I'm going to give you I'm going to give you about seven minutes uh, and then we're going to come back together and talk through some of that. So go ahead about seven minutes um, and then verse is. So what are some of the things around the verse, maybe some key words that you saw that help determine what the context of verse 22 and 23 is? Shout them out. Treasure. And we all we we uh, we see it two different ways. Uh, uh, it's uh, we see it. Do not lay up for yourselves. Do not that negative. Don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, but rather what lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. So there's that word treasure. 
Uh, is there another? That looks ter- like an S. There we go. Um, is there another word that might have jumped out at you uh, before? Say that again. Okay, great. I love that. Uh, this is the heart. All right. Okay, you saw the word worry. All right. There's another word at near the end. Okay, you can't serve what? You can't serve two masters, so it's this idea of service. And then uh, we, we read another word there, and the word is money, right? So if we look at kind of the context of the verse, what are some of the things that we feel like we can be pretty positive that this is trying that these two verses specifically are directing themselves towards values, values. okay um, we're gonna there we go. lessons we can say values okay I like that focus Good and evil. I heard something else. Future. Future. Uh huh. Choice. Choice. Okay. Blessing. And think we're dancing around one, and it's this one. It's the idea of money. If we look at the context of the verses 22 and 23, the verses just above it talk about laying up treasures. It's talking about treasures. Don't, don't lay up treasures on earth, but lay up treasures in heaven. Right. And so it's, it's this idea. And, and a lot of these kind of are unpack that idea. But it's this idea. Don't focus on what you're doing here now, laying up treasures on earth. Focus on what's eternal, laying up treasures in heaven. Don't let money be your focus here at the end. No one can serve two masters. He'll love the one and hate the other. No one can serve God and money. So don't let your focus be on money but rather let it be on God. How are you using that money? Because if you're using that money greedily, then you're really not doing anything that advances the kingdom, which should be your ultimate focus. Interestingly enough, kind of to support that idea, this idea of how do we give and how do we manage our money, this, I don't know if you've noticed, falls smack dab in a list of spiritual disciplines that Jesus is talking about in the Sermon on the Mount. Let's, let's, let's check it out. So we're going to go all the way back up to um, Matthew 6, chapter 1. What's that first section about? Giving. Giving to the needy. Is giving a spiritual discipline? Absolutely. This next, this next section, Matthew chapter 6, this next section starting at verse 5, what's it about? Prayer. Is prayer a spiritual discipline? Absolutely. Um, 
This next section, starting at chapter uh, at verse 16, is about what? Fasting. Is fasting a spiritual discipline? Absolutely. And so as we as we jump into this section, Jesus is kind of going through this spiritual discipline survey. He's saying, here's some of the spiritual disciplines. Here's how you practice them. And then he talks about not laying up treasures on earth, but laying them up in heaven, not serving God in money because that's impossible to do. So he's kind of extending on this idea of spiritual disciplines. Um, we don't always catch it. And, and the reason we don't always catch that is I think, uh, I think there's two reasons. One, we don't always read all of it all at once. We take it in bits and pieces, right? Two, I don't think we always catch it because man, and I think these are very helpful, man has put um, titles on each little section of text. And we look at the title and we think, oh, this idea ends here and a new idea starts. And those, those aren't in the original manuscripts of the scriptures. Those titles are, are, are sorry, are man-made for our good. But ultimately, we need to look past that. And sometimes I don't think we do. So I think we think, oh, new thought, new thought, new thought. And Jesus is giving this sermon and he's basically laying out, hey, here's some spiritual disciplines. Even as we talk next about do not worry. I think that's definitely uh, one of those. It still falls in line of that thought. But here the context is, hey, there's some spiritual disciplines. We're not laying up treasures on earth. We're laying them up in heaven. We're not serving God and money. We're only serving God. Our focus ultimately is the eternal. With all that in mind, we're going to read those two verses one more time. And then I'd like to bounce off some ideas. What do those verses mean? What's the lesson in those two verses? So verse 22 again says, the, lamp, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Shanine, will you read the message? You said, yeah, read the message for me. I think this is interesting too. This section, it, it talks about eyes and good eyes and bad eyes. And I'll be honest, I have had, just physically speaking, I, just to kind of help illuminate them, I've had bad eyes since I think the sixth grade. Sixth grade is when I got glasses. So I've worn glasses for 30 something years. It's been a long time, right? And I've gotten to the place where when I can't, it, my, my eyesight's pretty bad. Without, without my glasses. Uh, I've had to try to drive without my glasses because they're broken or whatever. And so the big signs that are on the street, I can't read like the big, uh, uh, not even, well, street signs, but even the big, hey, I-10 exit, whatever. Uh, when I'm driving, I really can't see them until they're right there and then I can't see them, right? I can't, oh, it's clear now I can't read it because it's behind me, right? And so I've had that issue for a long, my eyesight's pretty bad and I depend a whole lot on my glasses. My glasses are the last thing, now contacts, now contacts, right? Love it. Uh, my glasses have always been the last thing I take off at night and the first thing I put on in the morning. 
uh, because I feel like I can't function. And some of you know what I'm talking about. I feel like I can't function without my glasses. My kids laugh at me. My kids laugh at me because uh, particularly if I, I might take my glasses off and put them down on the, on the counter and then my child would say something to me and I'd say, hold on, I can't hear you. I don't have my glasses on. And then <laughs> put on my glasses so because, because the, my body is dependent on that to help me translate what's going on in the world. And I think that's part of what this verse is talking about. So let's unpack lessons. If I were to ask you what you felt like this section, and and there's a word that showed up in the message that I think helps us understand what he's trying to teach. Um, If I were to ask you, what does this verse mean? How can we unpack it? What are some of the things that might jump out at you? Even if it helps, answer that question. What does it mean to have a good eye? What does it mean to have a bad eye? I know y'all are looking at me thinking, that's why we came, Orlando, so that, you could, so that you could answer that question. And I'd love to, but I'd love to also give you the opportunity. Oh, great. I think that's, that's a really, he says, look upon God, look upon God. And it's that idea of where's your focus. And I think that's a really great lesson that we draw from here. Because if your eye is bad, where's your focus going to be? Not on God, on self and stuff, on earthly things, stuff, or, or even problems. But is there anything wrong with having stuff? No, there's nothing wrong with having stuff. But when your eye is bad and you can only focus on stuff, there's a problem. Because ultimately, the last part of that verse, you're trying to serve God and focus on stuff, and you can't do that. How can you follow God when you're looking at your things? That's part of that lesson that comes through. And I love, I love that idea. So here's a great story. Well, it's not a great story, but it's a great illustration of this idea. My brother... I've got a brother who is, um, let's see, I'm 45, so he's 37. We're about seven years apart. He's my very next brother. Uh, he's 37, and uh, he is in college. Like, we're so excited. He went to college two years ago, uh, living in the dorms, living on, uh, like, like he's having the all-out college experience at 37 years old, which is great. I'm excited for him. I'm proud of him. Uh, he's doing this whole graphic arts thing. Uh, it's just an amazing, but my one, my brother, a great guy, not the most dexterous human being in existence. Okay. That's a nice way of saying he's really clumsy, right? And he has a problem with his and I let's see he has a problem with his cell phone he's kind of addicted to his cell phone and so one day he was walking through campus and he's on his phone he's texting away and his focus is where on his phone where should his focus be where he's he's walking he's walking through the campus yeah, and it, it, and it's happening not just with my brother. There are people bumping into light posts and and 
almost having major accidents because they're so distracted while they're walking. So my brother is distracted and he's on his phone and he doesn't notice that he's approaching a stairwell that goes down. And you guessed exactly what happened. He, he, took, a, he took a major tumble and broke his ankle on one side and sprained his ankle on the other. And so uh, th- there's a picture of him in, 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 the, in the doctor's office sitting in a wheelchair, both legs popped up, one's in a cast and the other's, you know, in a boot or whatever. They, and and the, some, one of his friends decided to make, like, take that picture and put it on, um, uh, no, not on Facebook. I, it would be nice if it was only on Facebook. But he made little flyers on 8 by 10 paper, put them all around the school, Literally all around the school it says, uh, "Do not text and walk." Like <laughs> he's the poster child of of San Angelo State University of Angelo State University's "Do not text and walk." Why is that dangerous? Why is texting and walking dangerous? Your eyes are in the wrong place. You can hurt yourself. I heard you say something. You're not focused. Right. God didn't give us that ability, right? We under we understand that idea in the natural world. We don't always catch that idea in the spiritual world. And that's what this verse is trying to help us capture. Your eyes are bad because you're focusing on something and trying to follow God. And so you think you're letting you think you're letting light into your life because I'm following God. But your light is really what? Dark. Because you're not watching where you're going. And what his idea is, is make sure your eye is good so that you are really letting light in because you're not just saying you're following God. You're actually following with your focus on God. Does that make sense? Does that so as we look at that verse, what are some other things that we might be able to pull out of this verse? I think that's a I, I, it's a great it's a great way to say it's windows into the body. And it isn't it isn't sure we can talk a little bit about what we see. Sorry. Check, check, check. Is that okay? Yeah, I can also talk loud. So if this doesn't work, we'll we'll just shout our way through. The, I was Pentecostal for, I mean, Pentecostal pastor for fifteen years. I can talk as loud as we need, right? So as we as we look at this scripture, what are some of the other ideas that stand out to you? What are some of the other um, lessons that you can learn as you read, particularly through verses twenty two and twenty three? Yes, ma'am. And and so I, I want you to understand it's not just about money. You're right. It is about the things that we play, where we place our focus directly affects how we live. And here he's specifically talking about placing our focus on money. But is that the only place people place their focus instead of Jesus? 
No. What What are some of the other places that someone might place their focus on instead of Jesus? Money, cars, houses, stuff, sports, appearance, children, clothing, your job. I mean, you can we can put anything there, and it's still this same idea of if you say you're following Jesus, but your focus is your children then the light coming in isn't really light it's darkness and the only one you really are deceiving is yourself because you're not deceiving god you're not deceiving god anyone else anyone any anything else you think you might uh, like that you can have uh, just a little crack of something coming in and then how great is the darkness that's absolutely uh, yes ma'am Garbage in, garbage and again, sometimes we don't realize that that's what's happening. We don't realize that it is garbage in. We don't realize that we've got this small crack that we're letting something terrible in. And then if we're not careful, if we don't recognize it, if we're deceived by that darkness, it becomes something that's out of control. So this morning, uh, I had a great experience. Um. I bought, they're called Orbeez, and they, they start out as these tiny, tiny, little, tiny spheres that are pretty hard, and then you put them in water, and after about an hour, they kind of fill up with water, and they're great. I bought them so I could throw them at my children. But one, one of my kids thought it would be neat to make a stress ball out of them. I was like, great idea, let's try. So we made a stress ball, and we put a bunch of these Orbeez into a balloon and tied it off, and then put that into another balloon to give it extra support, and then tied it off. And this morning, I was messing with it, and I tore a little piece, so I was going to try to fix it. I was going to try to take the balloon that we had put in the balloon out and put it in another balloon. And when I did, a small tear opened up about that big. And by the time I noticed that tear that big... It grew very rapidly, and all these little orbs of gelatin-like water that are this big, that are under the pressure of the balloon, flew out, (laughs) and I had Orbeez all over the floor. And then my wife walks in, right? She couldn't have walked in five minutes later after I cleaned it up. She walks in, and there's Orbeez all over the floor, and she's like, what happened? I'm like, oh my gosh. But it was this idea that something small, a small tear, turned into something uncontrollable because we didn't recognize what was going on. The focus, the, the, the focus of the passage is, one, keep your focus where it needs to be. That's ultimately Jesus. For these hearers, he wanted them to be reminded, don't put it on the stuff around you. Because that's just darkness. And you're letting that darkness in. When you, when you think it's light and it's really darkness and you let it in, man, the darkness is even darker. And then, and then he finishes it off. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. We just can't do it. We can't do it. Any other comments or questions before we we close? Yes, ma'am.
everything turns into dust. Keep your focus on the eternal. Because that's the stuff that makes the difference. That's the stuff that lasts forever. I think definitely, um, it, sometimes it's that technology piece that steals our focus. Um, and sometimes we, sometimes we need to um, turn it off. And that's hard. That's hard because we don't think it's bad, but it can be. Stan? Absolutely. Sometimes we try to fool ourselves saying, I'm a great multitasker and I can do both things well. Well, ultimately, you're probably not and you're not doing either. You're probably doing both things poorly. And so we can't, we can't let that steal our focus. Let's go to the Lord and pray. Oh, yes, ma'am. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I have to tell you another story to illustrate that point right there. Recently, my brother was, uh, again, now he was on the phone talking, which is still distracted walking, but he's on the phone talking with my mom. And then all of a sudden, my mom says she hears a crash. And then she's like, Josh, Josh, Josh. And she doesn't hear him. And she hears a bunch of commotion. He had been talking on the phone with my mom so much so that he was not watching where he was going. And there was a little door stopper on the floor that he ended up tripping over and fell. Thankfully, he didn't break his ankle, but he did chip a tooth pretty drastically. This is, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, let's put him on a prayer list. But it's, it's still this idea. He didn't learn his lesson about the distractedness that he, he needs to focus on walking. Some people can maybe walk and talk, not Josh, but he didn't learn the lesson. And that's dangerous because you just get yourself into more and more situations. So let's go to Lord in prayer. Yes, he did get us some laughter. Lord, thank you so much for your goodness and your faithfulness. Thank you for your great love. Lord, we don't want to lose focus. We don't want to be focused on our stuff as we're trying to follow you. We want to focus on you. As a matter of fact, you told us, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added. We're to follow hard after you, and then you allow everything else to fall into place the way it should. Help us to learn that lesson. Help us to allow the light that's coming in to be actual light and not darkness for your honor and for your glory. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.